If you would then go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John and uh, to John chapter 8 this morning. So John chapter 8 verse 12 and we'll be going until verse 20. So we'll be continuing here through the our series walking through this gospel as we have been doing. And so as you turn there, you know, I I wonder if if I did a rather weird survey, but if I did a survey here this morning um, of how many of you really have contemplated, you know, I, I think, you know, I'll drive to church this morning, uh, you know, with my blindfold on, you know, or how about, you know, today... Uh, you know, I'm just going to go around with my eyes closed and just see what happens, you know, uh, throughout the day. You know, or, or better yet, and some of you, this happened to you uh, last night. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad the power went out last night, and I hope it stays out. So over the next few nights, I can just sit in darkness. Um, and so if I did a survey like that, I think you would be thinking a number of things. And first, you would probably say, you're crazy. <laughs> I, need to, I need to be able to know where I'm going. And so, of course, I wouldn't be wearing a blindfold while I'm driving or keeping my eyes closed all day long. Uh, that's ridiculous. Um, and then second, you would probably say, Pastor, that's just crazy. What are you talking about? You know, I mean, that wouldn't even be a worthy survey to do. Um, well, in the same way, I would also imagine that as you get older, you know, you don't think to yourself, you know, I've matured beyond the point where I need light anymore. You know, I'm just, I'm just old enough now. I'm, I'm, I'm more godly than light. You know, I'm better than that. You know, well, I don't think so. I mean, so all that is a bit ridiculous. But I think in all this, we know that we and we see that we need light, right? Light is a constant in our lives. Um, we are using it right now to illuminate our gathering this morning. Uh, light it lightens our paths every day, very obviously. And, and it will lighten your path even as you go about your day today. As you drive home, as you sit at your table, and it will allow you to stay awake as well if you wanted to well into the night. So in all this, we see that we depend on light a rather great deal. This morning, we come before Him who declares that He is the light of the world. That through His light, we see light. And so may God, as we are considering light and its natural function in our life, Let's come to our text this morning and consider the light of the world. So may God help you see him who is the light of the world this morning as we read God's word. May it be a lamp to your feet and a light for our paths. John chapter 8 verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying... I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, will have the light of life. So the Pharisee said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus answered, 
Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. You do not know where I came from or come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness about me. And they said this, they said to him, therefore, Where is your Father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So these verses here, they continue, if you kind of tuned in last week as well, or we're here, they continue right off of chapter 7, verse 52. And so we come to these verses then, still within the context of chapter 7, verse 37. So the great day, the last day of the Feast of booze. And so we see that kind of being the context here as we go directly into our verses this morning. And so this makes then Jesus' words in verse 12 all the more picturesque and all the more powerful as we will see very much so as we look at the context here. So from which here in verse 12 then... We have our first point, here is the light that will never diminish. Here is the light that will never diminish. And so here, as we come to these verses, we need to know two things about the context of Jesus' words in verse 12. So first, Jesus, he spoke these words Within the court of women. So that's within the temple complex. So we know this from verse 20. So you could look down there. And we just finished reading that and saw that there. Which tells us that he said these words in the treasury. Where people would give all variety of monetary offerings. To put in you know, one of 13 different boxes that would be kind of laid out there. And so just to... To give you something of an idea of where this court was situated. So the outermost court of the temple was the court of Gentiles. So you're coming in through there. And then from there you would go on further in. And this is where you would come into the court of women. Which is where all of this then takes place. Where Jesus is teaching and saying these words. So that's one part as we come to verse 12 and trying to understand it. And second, Jesus, he spoke these words, as we've already seen, within the context of the Feast of Booths. So here, we add another piece to our understanding of this feast that went on, you know, for uh, seven days. And so all these things were going on during this time. And this will also help us toward understanding the significance of of Jesus' words here. So during this feast, 
amidst everything else that was going on that week, four massive golden lamps or candelabras were placed within that court, within the court of women. And during the night, it was then lit by the priests. And these uh, lamps or candelabras, they were so big that they rose above the walls that surrounded the temple. So they weren't just like to hear. <laughs> they, they were high and lofty. So what, 70 to 100 feet high. So very tall candelabras. And they were so bright as they lit these during the week at night that they would even say that this illuminated all of Jerusalem. So, after these lamps were lit, then they would have all the more celebration during the night. They would light some torches, and they would go about dancing, and they would play uh, musical instruments as well, and they would go and sing praises to the Lord. So all this was going on. These are things that Jesus is uh, going on here during that week, and Jesus is coming right into this picture And so all of that was being done to remember how God was their light and their salvation in the midst of the wilderness. And what did God do then? Well, during the day, He had a pillar of cloud by day, and He had a pillar of fire by night. So you see all this, this imagery that's coming in to this point in the Gospel of John, this context that everyone else there, they already know it, they already felt it, they already been through that week. But now you need to feel it, you need to hear it, you need to know this is exactly when Jesus then is getting ready to come, verse 12, and say what he says. They have all this in their minds. And then we'll just add one bit more to this, one more piece to it. So on top of all of that then, We have passage after passage in the Old Testament that emphasizes light in the midst of the darkness. Right? So, let me give a few of these. So, even in Genesis 1, darkness, 1, 3, God said, let there be light and there was light. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 36, 9, for with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. I love that passage. That's great. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Isaiah 9.2, pointing forward to Jesus expressly. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And then Isaiah 60.1-3. Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people's. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Amen. So all this then, all of that context, all of those verses, and then Jesus, He comes and He says, verse 12, 
I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So God, in this, he is bringing together all these hosts of images and directing all of their eyes and all of our eyes to Jesus, who is the light for the world. So, I have in mind there, like John 3.16, For God so loved the world... He sent his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life for the world. God sent him into the world. So as the, the candle abra's light was great, his light is greater. His is not simply a light, but he is the light. And so here is him who is a light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel, as Luke says. So now, we just think for a second, and very literally and physically even, um, practically, the sun, our sun, not S-O-N, S-U-N, provides light for our planet daily, right? I mean, that's no shocker for you. (laughs) Like, thank you, I, I didn't realize that. You know, I'm learning something new today. Well, If you didn't know that, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. But uh, I'm sure you all know that very well. So the sun is, of course, bringing us light. Well, that sun is 864,000 miles wide. So a million Earths could fit in it. Its surface temperature is around 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. And if you were trying to go as far as ways you could before you could... uh, you know, start struggling to see the light of the sun. It would take you 58 light years before you reach that point where it starts to be kind of dim. Which, just to put that in perspective, a light year is 6 trillion miles. So 58 light years away. Yet, as powerful as the sun is, and as much light that it dispels and, and puts out, It isn't the sun that dispels the darkness of sin, death, and our brokenness. It is the Son of God, who the Father loves with a love that is incomprehensible. And it is Him that the Father sent into the world to save the world that He loves. So Jesus then, He entered into your Darkness into the darkness that he might pluck you out of it. So while you were trapped and blind, and while you were unwilling and unable, and while you loved the darkness rather than the light, he still came. For the Jew, for the Gentile, he came for the world, he came for you. So he is the light for the world, and he is a light for those who follow him. It doesn't say here that he is the light for those who sign a card. It doesn't say that he is the light for those who come and walk an aisle, nor for those who really, really, really try 
hard to be morally upright people, nor a light for those who simply are professing him day and night. But he is a light for who? For those who follow him. Follow him. So you see, believing and following Christ are inseparable. True faith isn't true faith unless it's faith that follows Christ. In his light, as you are following him and you truly know him, it will lighten you as well. So a number of years ago, Scientists, you know, they injected jellyfish DNA into a number of pig embryos such that with a black light, these pigs, I guess you really want to see pigs in the dark, but, you know, they wanted to see them in the dark, so they put this black light, and now you could see these pigs in the dark. Well, in Christ, what happens is he then is by His Spirit in you, enlightens you as well. He lightens you. He lightens His church. He has made you to be His lights in the world because He is the light of the world. So you are not those who are to walk in darkness because you follow Him. You are his disciples and he is your master. You know, the physical sun may be at its full height. Yet, for the seven billion people here, they still remain in darkness. Yet with Christ in you, what are you in the midst of the darkness? You then might guide the nations to him who is the light of of the world to Christ. So also, as we see here that light is has this kind of illuminating, guiding kind of function, we see that Jesus is also here the light for the blind. A light for the blind. So is it is it really any wonder that the world acts the way it does? I know we get surprised at it, and we should be surprised at it and shocked at various things. Even crying out to God over them, broken in prayer before the Lord. But if you would just imagine with me that somehow the whole world was engulfed in darkness, so so no lights, no flashlights, nothing. just think of what kind of mess that would that would create, right? I mean, what a mess we would be in. I mean, everywhere you go, you would be lost. You wouldn't have direction. You wouldn't know where in the world you were going. Well, although our world is not covered in a physical darkness, it is covered in spiritual darkness. And the only hope in the midst of that darkness is Christ. Amen. How will the blind find their way? Christ. How will the blind eyes see? Christ. 
So the God who said, let there be light in Genesis 1, he comes by the Spirit of God and he says, let them see the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So there is another, let there be light. And they believe and come to faith in Christ. They see the light of the world. So it is that In his light, see light. In his light, see light. So if you don't know Christ this morning, he is calling you to cease walking about in the darkness and to come to the light of the world that you may see and you may have life through him. Now if you do know him this morning, know that his light, it is sure. It will never falter. The light doesn't need new batteries. This light will never diminish. In Christ, you have the light of life. And that is not a promise that work can give you. That is not a promise marriage can give you. That is not a promise children can give you. That's not a promise technology can give you. That's not a promise psychology can give you. That's not a promise science can give you. That's not a promise that politics can give you. And that's not a promise anything in this world can supply. It's Christ and Christ alone. Amen. So let his light, and this is what this is pointing to, let his light define you as much as Light from the sun defines everything we do here and moving and going and directing how we can go and move forward and what we do. Going about our days and paths and everything else, Christ is to be that to us. So let his light define you, change you, form you, and cause cause true life and joy to abound in you. And so as we See this in verse 12. We see as well as we read kind of the rest of these verses here, we come to our second point. Here is the light that challenges the blind. Here is the light that challenges the blind. So verses 13 through 19. So after hearing Jesus' multi-layered statement, you know, with all these themes shining forth from them, the Pharisees, they come then as the ones who are epitomizing those who do not see the light and those who walk in darkness. So then, not seeing his signs, not seeing his light, what do they do? They, they challenge Jesus. So they've, they've been listening to Jesus very carefully. You know, trying to to find some inconsistency in him. You know, something that that doesn't jive in Jesus. And so they're they're trying to find anything, you know, any little thing they can find. And so here, they think that now finally they have found something to get him with. So Jesus, you said back in chapter 5, verse 31... (laughs) If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. 
So you're the only one testifying. So your testimony isn't true, Jesus. Boom. <laughs> they think they've got him, you know. Gotcha, Jesus, finally. So Jesus, of course, he's not gotten. <laughs> he challenges them and their answer, their kind of challenging him and totally not seeing the light there in two ways. First, he answers by showing that his life, light is self-attesting. His light is self-attesting. So in other words, his statement and testimony is true because he knows who he is. He knows where he is from and he knows that he is true. So his testimony is self-attesting in that you can see the light of a light. So that means you can, you can point to the sun and say, there's the proof. You see that light? That's light right there. Don't look at the sun when you go out there, though, today, as you go out and like, say, oh, there's, you know, there's the light. You know, yes, you, there it is, self-attesting, light. You can point to it. So see then, this is what Jesus is saying here, see me, see Jesus here, he is the light of the world. See that water that he turned to wine, see the lame man healed, see the feeding of the 5,000, see that no one ever spoke like this man, see that he alone has the words of eternal life. Such it is that he bears witness, or this light, his light bears witness to itself that it is light. But Jesus, he doesn't leave it there, saying self-attesting, you know, you see light because point to it. I am the light. You can see I am the light. You know it. But I've done the Father's works and so on, the Father's words. And so he doesn't leave it there, though. He also shows how his witnesses uphold the law. So he has already told them, but he tells them again. So the law calls for two witnesses. I am one. Jesus is one. Self-attesting. And the other, the Father is two. So there are your witnesses, Pharisees. So verse 18, I am the one who bears witness about myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness about me. So the problem that they're having, and perhaps you are having this morning, is that if you have yet to trust in Christ, is that your flesh, it is no lamp. Your flesh is no lamp. As Jesus, he says in verse 15, the reason they can't see the light is because they are judging according to the flesh. That is, they're judging while they are in the darkness. They are judging with blind eyes. So in other words, their flesh and your flesh and its desires, they cannot help you see Jesus any more than a flashlight without batteries. And not just that, you have to add like a broken flashlight as well. A broken flashlight without batteries cannot illuminate a dark room. You won't find your way so long as your way is not Jesus' way. 
And there are those who are masquerading as the light around us. The spiritual forces of darkness, they, they love to take you along any path that will keep you from following Christ. To make it, make it look like perhaps maybe that's a light right there. Does it have a little flicker of light? Or, you know, they, they like to distract us with their little kind of flashes rather, rather than having the real thing. So another, another new idea is presented to you. Another philosophy. Oh, well, maybe that's, that's what I need. And on it goes. Batteryless flashlights, flameless lamps, empty light sockets, and all of them broken. So let me ask you, what lamp are you using for this life? This light, it's not limited to adults. It's for children. It's for youth. It's for college age. It's for students. It's for young. And it's for the old. And it's for all. His light is to be our lamp. His word is to be the lamp for our feet and a light to our path. Amen. So in Christ, if you know him, you are following him in his light he'll take you all the way home he'll take you all the way home Amen. so in in Livermore, California believe it or not there's a light bulb there that has been, been burning since 1901 well, how, did that, how does that happen? I don't know but it's still burning it's burning right now so with only a few interruptions, it has burned without being turned off or burning out over all these years. Well, I can tell you, one day, that flash, that light bulb will burn no more. It's going to happen. Yet, Jesus will keep on burning. His light will not fade. Its illumination will not dim, not even for a moment. He will never cease being our light all the way home. Amen. C.S. Lewis once wrote, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, because, but because by it I see everything else. So, Let us then walk according to his light. Let us live according to his light. Let us serve according to his light. Love your spouse according to his light. Raise your children according to his light. Engage in this culture according to his light. Light, preach according to his light. Put to death sin in yourself, not separate from him, but according to his light. Don't waste your life or your days according to his light. It is in him, in him alone, that you will have the light 
of life. Do not be fooled by those false lights all about us. Follow Christ without wavering and follow him all the way home and take this light to the world. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, we come before you and I realize that at times in our lives we can be overwhelmed by the darkness that surrounds us, the evils that surround us, perhaps even the opposition that may surround us. But may you help us, Lord. To look to him who is the light of the world. May you help us, Lord, to live according to Christ. That though we may grow dim, Christ never grows dim. And it is from his fountain that we are to come and drink. And never cease drinking. And never cease learning. And never cease growing. And never cease following. So help us, Father. Help us to see the light of Christ and to live according to the light of Christ in this dark world. And we know the darkness will not overcome us in Christ as we follow him. I pray, Father, if there's any here today who do not know Christ, they have walked an aisle, they have prayed a prayer, they do not know the Lord over all creation. May you help them, Father, to see the light of Christ this morning. May you help them to see the light which is truly light and no longer walk in darkness. But come to him that they may have the light of life. We pray, Father, that if there's anyone here who needs to repent, may you lead them in repentance this morning looking to false lights, looking to false guides, looking to false hopes, looking somewhere else for help outside of you, trusting in themselves instead of you, with their money, with their marriages, with singleness, with their parenting, with whatever. So Lord, do your work in us. May we respond this morning to your word in Jesus' name. Amen.